Autobots transform. Well, hey, welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. I'm John. And today it is episode five of Transformers Armada. It is Soldier. This episode was written by Shoji Tabuchi. Oh, no, not Shoji Tabuchi. Shoji Tonoki. Tonoki? Tonono. Whatever. I'm going to mispronounce a lot of names. Uh, this man doesn't have the fucking NASA fiddle talent of Shoji Tabuchi. But the last time on Transformers Armada, Optimus acquired his Minicon in Big Canyon, and Starscream grew angrier about everything. Uh, and in this episode, um, I, I wrote down Hot Rod in my notes, but Hot Shot plays tag with the kids while Red Alert does all the actual work. Yeah, I said down Red Alert is fixing something, and... Yeah, he's just chasing them around. They're all hooting and hollering, and I guess they're playing to... Yeah, but Hotshot's out of breath, so he tells his <laughs> Minicon Jolt to take over. Yeah, and that doesn't make any sense. Uh, anyway, Red Alert starts to argue with Hotshot after the game of tag. Um, oh, I guess it's kind of important. Jolt, the little helicopter Minicon, like, picks Carlos up and flies him around. That's a bit of a setup for later. Okay, but, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, Red Alert argues with Hot Rod, Hotshot. Until Optimus arrives and he's like, hey, stop fucking around. We're running out of time. <laughs> What's all this fun I'm hearing? You have work to do. <laughs> and then Alexis is, I don't know. She, anyway, she puts two and two together and figures they're worried that the Decepticons are on the way. No shit, Alexis. Do you realize what show you're in? Anyway, there's some kind of opening bumper. And when we come back from that, the humans think they should get out of the Autobots' hair for a while. And Hotshot tells them, oh, don't worry about Red Alert. He's always been a dickhead. And Alexis thinks he's just overworked. And Optimus agrees because he's the only one doing any work. Yeah, Optimus has to give Hotshot this speech about how, like, hey, Red Alert and I fought our fights. When, he, when you know, the chips were down, he can throw... You know, he he can shoot a laser gun. Uh, so anyway, the Minicon signal goes off and everybody warps to the Antarctic. Yeah, Optimus is like, men, prepare to launch, because I guess he forgot Alexis is standing right there. <laughs> Auto men. Yeah. <laughs> Go that way. <laughs> but yeah, they transform and the kids get an Optimus and they have their suits on again and off they go. Then we go to the moon and the Decepticons detect a Minicon and... Uh, Nobody knows where Starscream is. Yeah, because Megatron's like, we need to get there before the Autobots, and where is Starscream? And the others joke that he probably already went after the Minicon because he's the only one without one. <laughs> Isn't that funny? But even though Megatron told him to do exactly that in another episode, but then Starscream's sword appears next to Demolisher's head, and it zooms back, and you see Starscream holding it to his neck. That's pretty good. Hey, if Starscream does more and more things, I'm like, you know, maybe this guy doesn't need a Minicon. He's pretty, like, I, I wouldn't fuck with him. No. <laughs> We, we then go to the uh, Autobots, and they're driving through the Antarctic, and the music playing here, Paul. I love this music. It, like, do you know what it reminds me of? Is, you know, in a lot of, like, like 8-bit video games, how there's the level level like in mario 3 how you're walking along the path and you go to the different worlds oh, okay. like it's usually there's the beach level and you walk around until you find the person with the exclamation point and that triggers the side scrolling level this feels like the calm relaxing music you would get in the background of an 8-bit video game yeah i just called it nice upbeat guitar music in the sunshine and then penguins are hanging out having a good time they see the autobots drive by and Then the Decepticons teleport in on top of an iceberg, and I like what they did here. 
when the Decepticons land, the thing clearly tips to one side yeah, because yeah. of their weights. Like, did you notice? I don't know if they've used this before, but there's like, you know, there's the um, the the regular uh, scene. She one sec. Hey, Lou, can you play like the regular uh, commercial sting? That's the one we're used to. But this show plays. One sec. Uh, Lou, can you play the Transformers Armada sting? They have this one, and they use it again and again, and I kind of like it and <laughs> miss the old one at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's it's not quite the same thing. <laughs> but anyway, we go back to the Autobots, and Optimus has, what, a drive? He calls it a drive system failure? Yeah, I just had that they stop for no apparent reason, and then he explains <laughs> that that's what it is, and he pulls away from his trailer, and it transforms, and they call this thing the Mobile Command Center, and it even has a place for Jolt to land. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and the, it, it is really cool. If I was a kid watching this, I would legitimately want that toy. Oh, yeah, because, like, the Minicons man all the guns, and yeah, it's Willis well wants to take a closer look at it. Yeah. Actually, that was the point where I was like, oh, I get why the Minicons are in this show. It's because somebody said, hey, we, we've got these little Transformers toys and the big Transformers toys. How can we stick them together and sell them? And like the toy, I, again, I haven't seen the, the Armada toys, but I have to assume that the Minicons are sized to interact as figures in the command platform. I'm, yeah. I'm hoping the toy line meshed quite well. It's kind of like with Metroplex where he had all those little tiny guys that came with him. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But uh, yeah. now Red Alert's having a look inside Optimus, so I guess he's the medic as well as the science officer, and apparently... He's everything. <laughs> Apparently, in fact, there's a line earlier where Optimus says, the only reason this base is running is because Red Alert single-handedly <laughs> got it running. But uh, Red Alert thinks it's the cold on this continent that is uh, causing the problem. But uh, he thinks he's got everything in order, and Hotshot's like, it's about fucking time, man. I've been ready for an hour, and he starts revving his engine. <laughs> he's kind of a douche. Uh, but Carlos is like, yeah, let's go. So Carlos jumps in, and Hotshot goes to peel up, but gets stuck in the snow. And, and again, this is another combiner, minicon, whatever thing I like, where Jolt, you don't see what he does right away, but what Jolt does is transforms and connects to the back of Hotshot to basically give him a giant propeller and propel him across the snow. Yeah, gets him moving. And there often Carlos asks if there's anything going on between him and Red Alert because, you know, what's with this friction between them? And nope, nothing wrong. Just the way he is. He's a dickhead. And <laughs> off <laughs> they go. Oh, and I, I didn't describe the whole Jolt thing. He's like... He's on the back of Hotshot like a swamp boat. He's like a swamp boat. Yeah, it's like that Disney movie, The Rescuers, where they're using the dragonfly. Yeah, it's yeah. the same kind of idea, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, back uh, with the Decepticons, they see Starscream fly overhead, even though they're like, oh, that." this was kind of disconnecting, or yeah, I guess disconnecting, where he was on the moon earlier, and they were like, where is he? Oh, there he is. And now down here, they're like, they're acting as if they had have not, they never saw him on the moon, and they just found him now. Anyway. Yeah, they're surprised that he's there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they um they uh, Megatron orders Demolisher and Cyclonus to follow him, and just then Starscream locks onto a minicon. Yeah, he flies past it and back out of the canyon that it's in, and uh, this thing is his, damn it. But before he can turn around to fly back and grab it, he sees Hotshot coming for it, even though he said he was turning around. Like, Hotshot... Before that said, oh, I, this thing looks like it's in the ocean. I'm going to turn around and miss that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but this was a really neat setup where, uh, anyway, Starscream and Hotshot attack each other. And Hotshot goes flying off of a cliff edge. We have a commercial break. And when we come back, Jolt is using his propeller to land Hotshot safely on the ground. Yeah, so I guess 
It would push them forward, sure, but it slows their vertical speed. Well, if they're following, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really work, you know, with physics and all <laughs> in what you see. But like in theory, you know, if Hotshot was falling nose first, you know. You're better would, than nothing. Yeah, but it's better than nothing. <laughs> they land and then using Jolt's propeller, they drive back up the canyon wall. They And they <laughs> also see the Minicom, but they can't stop to grab it because it's not really made clear. But this thing is buried under like 12 feet of ice. Yeah, it's you're right. It's really unclear. There's even a couple shots earlier where Starscream flies by it. And I was in my notes. I wrote, I think he grabbed it. And then about four or five lines later. No, he did not. No, because we're going to find out later why. But back with the other Decepticons, they can see the Minicon thing now, too. But for some reason, they can't see Starscream and Hotshot yeah. standing right above. Like, he should be on the other side of this chasm. Yeah. Chasm? Whatever. Um, the other Autobots, then, and the kids, they detect the Minicon, and Optimus is like, you know what? Everybody's red alert. You stay here with the kids. I'm going to go alone. Yep. So, like, he's leaving his newly begotten Minicon behind. Like, weren't we just through this ticket with you? But, yeah, back with Starscream and Hotshot. Starscream tells them they're surrounded, and Carlos calls Hotshot Hot Rod. Did you notice that? But Hotshot has a plan. I don't feel so bad anymore that I did. No, but uh, he just gets a runoff, ramps off and nothing, and then knocks Starscream into a wall of ice. <laughs> um, and he knocks him into a wall of ice just as the other Decepticons arrive and mock Starscream. Yeah, they call him a loser. So Hotshot makes a run for it, but Cyclonus transforms and chases him, and Demolisher starts blasting after him. Yeah, so they're chasing him. Hotshot goes towards a cliff. And transforms, and as they're coming towards the cliff, you think they're going to, oh, they're doing the thing with the helicopter blade and jolt again, but Hotshot transforms, Carlos goes flying out of the car, and Hotshot just, like, banks and leaves him falling, so... It's a really nice setup where you, I, you were like, oh, I know how he survived last time. What's he going to do this time? And then Jolt saves the day. Yep, just flies in and flies him to a ledge. It's like down out of the Decepticons' view, but still really not that safe. And, <laughs> like, and, and honestly, Hotshot, you could have tossed Carlos out at any other point. You didn't have to launch him off a cliff. No. <laughs> But Cyclonus thinks that means Carlos is toast, so he's attacked, but then oh, maybe that's why I did it. Links with Hotshot and he gets out his bazooka or whatever it's called yeah, and he yeah. starts blasting back. Yeah, he looks like he should be Perceptor. I think yes. I said that in one of the early episodes, but that it, that looks like Perceptor's. It actually even looks like Soundwave's cannon. Anyway, a little bit. Um Starscream then he sees the Minicon on the rock. Um and it's just, like you said, below the ledge Carlos is on. So he starts going at that. And Hotshot gets pinned down uh, by the other Decepticons, and they start advancing on him. Yeah, because Cyclonus wants permission to finish him off. Megatron says, oh, yes, go ahead and do it. And he flies over and puts the gun to his head. But before he can fire, something pulls him back. And it's Red Alert with his grappling hook. Oh, you said Red Alert. I thought you actually said Prowl, because what we're going to see for the next five minutes is motherfucking Prowl. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Yeah, he jumps down and starts blasting at them. And is this... Is this gun his Minicon from before? Like, I, I, I can't remember. I think it is, yeah. Cause, and it's a great shot where he's like sliding down the embankment and just opening fire and there's laser fire blasting all around him. Awesome shot. And then he just kicks ass. Yep, until Megatron gets hot shot in the old half Nelson and Cyclonus is mad that someone snuck up on him and Demolisher says something, but then Red Alert shoots some kind of Rainbow Tron disc. It's the magic rainbow frisbee flying through the air. It's the magic rainbow frisbee frisbee flying here and there. (laughs) And it swings a fucking 
It's so it's, dumb. <laughs> uh, look, I lo- I'm really starting to get into this show. I won't lie. But that was the dumbest thing they've done so far. It was, yeah, he opens his chest and it's a magic flying rainbow frisbee. <laughs> it swings around and hits Megatron in the back, making him drop Hotshot, who transforms, gets back over to Red Alert. But the Decepticons still have the guns on them, but don't worry about that. Optimus drives in, separates from his trailer, and transforms and starts blasting. And as soon as he starts blasting, the uh, Decepticons are like, bye! And they... Gone. And it's just regular Optimus. It's not like yeah, Super he Optimus does, where he, he connects with the trailer or, or has his minicon or anything. But I guess they forgot about Carlos. So back with Carlos, Red and Alexis are here to help him. But uh, below them, Starscream is having trouble getting this thing, I guess. Yeah, he's like smashing into the ice with his sword slowly. And that's, I guess that's enough shaking that all the kids fall over the edge of the cliff. It knocks him off. But they're saved by the magic rainbow frisbee flying through the air it's the magic rainbow frisbee (laughs) flying here and there yeah starscream manages to finally get this thing but then a missile flies past him and he notices red alert standing on a very obvious breakable ledge of ice it's animated to be broken but i I felt i felt bad for starscream at this point he was so close and it's such a it's such a yoink move on red alert's part he snipes it with a missile Anyway, uh, then he shoots Starscream and he falls into that uh, deep chasm. Chasm? Chasm. And now we're back at Autobot headquarters and somehow they have the minicon that Starscream grabbed. Like, I didn't notice the Autobots get the thing. Well, but... no, well that, isn't that what happened? It gets yoinked out of his hand by the rocket and then delivered to Red Alert and then they shot. Oh, okay. Weak either Maybe. Uh, they activate it and, whoa, it's amazing. And then Hotshot tells Red but Alert. But they don't say who it is. They just all go, whoa. And I went, it looks just like another minicon. <laughs> But yeah, they 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 uh they give a thumbs up. Yeah. Then Hotshot tells Red Alert, "Look, man, I'm sorry." And Red Alert's like, "Don't worry about it." And you know, we're agree to disagree, whatever they say. And then everyone just enjoys the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rat's got a bit where he narrates, and then they cut to Alexis narrating. Yeah. And I was like, that was weird. Kind of like when Elaine starts narrating in Goodfellas. You know, like just halfway or even in the first act where suddenly the narrator changes and the whole point of the story changes. This show is just as good as Goodfellas. You know what a powered paraglider is? Chances are you do. You just didn't know that's what it's called. Like, Take a second to Google it. I'll wait. Yeah, one of those. James Bond, Wiley Coyote fucking thing. Basically a go-kart with a huge fan on the back strapped to a parachute that functions as a wing when it's under tension. My brother flies one of those. True story. Anyway, Jolt can link up with Hotshot, and that's basically what they turn into, except they have no visible means of creating lift. Sure, Jolt will propel him forward, but unless there's some kind of force pushing up, he's not going to get off, or at the very least, stay off the ground. Experiment time, go outside and strap a small helicopter to your car. Actually, you know what? Never mind that. Just go get a powered paraglider and take that for a spin without the wing attached. The thing will do like 25 miles an hour on the ground, but there's no way it's going to fly without the wing. Actually, you know what? That probably wouldn't be any easier. Those things cost about as much as a decent used car, and you would not believe the red tape and the fucking hoops my brother had to jump through to get his ultralight pilot's license. Like, email this to one government department. Fax that to another one, because that department is in 1974. And you know damn well the guy that you have to fax shit to is sitting beside... Here we are at the end of another episode of the Transformers Nitpickers podcast show. Soldier Paul, what did you think? It's not 
as action-y packed as the last one, but it's, I think it's kind of right in the middle of the road. It's not bad, but I wouldn't say it's the best. (laughs) Yeah, no, solid, I mean, solid episode, nothing great. The, the Red Alert fight scene was... High six, low seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, Red Alert, when he came in, the guns blazing, that was fucking cool, yeah. Yeah. You know, my biggest worry with this show when we started it was it was going to have that... I don't know what it is, but like I'll use Dragon Ball Z as an example. I haven't watched a lot of that. Mm. I've seen shows that, you know, friends were like, hey, watch this episode with me. And it was just like two minutes of content stretched over a half hour. There's a lot of just people standing. Yeah. And, you know, Dragon Ball Z fans, don't at me. I I know I'm bad mouthing. Where they're like, you're charging up. Yeah. 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 9,000 power, whatever. I know the memes. But (laughs) but this show hasn't had that problem. There's a lot of like shots that linger on somebody looking shocked for way too long. But on the whole, the episodes move at a good pace. Yeah. Yeah. I would say. They don't seem too bogged down with unnecessary detail. Yeah, they, they, I mean, even at the beginning, they're like, oh, we're going to the Antarctic. And right away, we're at the Antarctic. So, yeah, it it moves pretty good. And uh, the kids, they annoy me less than they did in the first episode. (laughs) I'll admit that. They were better this time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that red alert fight. And then even the standoff. I was, I know I said, oh, it's Prowl, but I was getting big uh, Prowl vibes from that standoff. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, what's the next episode we're doing, Paul? Is Jungle. Uh, if you want to see a couple monkeys, you can find us on Twitter. <laughs> I'm at John Sobey. Paul's at PMacPerson1. Yeah, make sure you rate and review us in your podcast app, whatever it is you listen to us with, and tell all your friends, tell everybody you know. You can tell them that they can find old episodes of the Transformers Nitpickers podcast show, transformersnitpickers.5b.com. And until the next episode, keep on transforming. See you later. What's all this fun I'm hearing you have work to do?